welcome to episode 12 of Bevies with the Boys, the only podcast. It's me here, Kieran, <laughs> and my co-host as always, Tom. Tom, how you doing, oh, buddy-o? Fucking marvellous. This is the first episode of the podcast I'm recording at a table. This oh my goodness, normally you just of... hover in the middle of your house. Yeah, I use, a, I use an ironing board as a desk because oh, I'm... Oh yeah, no, yeah, I've seen this. Proper yeah, class. you're a maverick. Yeah, but now, fucking, that's wood, baby. Mm, I only kind of heard that, so I'll take your word for it, which doesn't mean much. Ah, but I believe you, yeah. buddy boy. If you can't tell, me and Tom are looser than a fucking hen's goose. <laughs> All over the place. I like um, Anyway... As always, people the people need to know, Tom, what are you wrapping your lips around this episode? I, I bought a specific rum for this episode. Mm. I was having a having a Google, having a goggle uh, for some beautiful rums. It's a rum and nice. coke. Uh, I went, I found this lovely bottle. It's called Pull the Pin. Oh, I mean, just a little peek behind the curtain. You, did, you didn't tell me what you were going to drink no. for this time, but you did tell me it might be something I've come across. It might be something I've seen on Amazon or whatever. And I have seen that because isn't yeah. it, is the bottle, isn't the, it got a pin on uh, the bottle? The it's like a grenade kind of thing. a grenade pin on the bottle. The, I'm going to tell you now about the bottle feel. Please uh, do. The most interesting thing about an alcohol. Uh, it feels like one of those old sort of like World War II tankards. Right, like, you, you know how you'd imagine like a canteen feels like it's that with like that matte finish. Uh, That's it's, pretty cool. Oh, uh, ad libbing uh, for what they write on the bottle. It's a smooth rum uh, with a warm depth of flavour and a subtle tone of butterscotch. Uh, well, gonna, I think the most important thing is how does it taste? I'm going to have a virgin sip now after I put down this beautifully designed bottle. We're not because sponsored as we by know, them. Tom is a virgin. Oh yeah, hundred percent. This so is... anything you do is a virgin sip. Exactly. I'm. I'm based. I've got the same motor skills and life experience as a newborn babe. Everything I do is for the first time, <laughs> and the same chubby cheeks. I'm assuming Ooh. you're drinking now, and that just didn't Ooh. go down horribly. <laughs> that was lovely. I can taste the butterscotch. Yeah, that's fucking amazing. Nice. I'll have to look into that. I did. It caught my eye because it is quite a unique name, and also the image of it has got like the whole pin thing. It's quite yeah. a nice aesthetic. So, um, well, they've got, I'll have to give that a go. They've got that. They've got tropical. They've got raspberry. I swear this isn't a sponsored thing. No. I just <laughs> well, one if, day it might be. If they want to sponsor us uh, and send us bottles of that, not post. That was no, pretty fucking good. Than happy. Uh, As always, I'm gonna um, flippity oh, floppity. Oh, 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 uh, oh. What? What? Ooh, what are you guzzling? Well, Boy. just before I explain to you what I'm guzzling, because it's not all that interesting, I just wanted to get a plug in early. That oh. If you are interested to see what we're on about in terms of Tom's bottle, we will be posting an image on our Instagram, at BevBoysPod. Um, anyway, I am drinking just after that <laughs> little seamless promo. Just, I, I love um, how we just derail a conversation. Just go, please follow us on Instagram. Yeah, really well, cool people should follow us on Instagram because, to be honest, we're really, you know, we're really trying hard. Um, I am drinking currently. Oh. I, I, you know what? I'm di- I've disappointed this week. I am drinking um, Red Leg again. And I know I drank it last week. And I know this is the first time I think that I've drank the same oh. thing twice. But Red Leg is just such a tasty rum. It might be one of my favourites, which really? is big talk because we both love a lot of different rums. We've sampled a we lot. We do. Um, but Red Leg is just so nice because it's kind of, it's not too vanilla-y because a lot of rums lately, like last week, oh no, the week before last, I drank that cut to the spice. Um, yeah. And that was nice. I enjoyed it. But the problem was that it was slightly too vanilla-y because a lot of spiced rums now do go for that vanilla mm. 
um, hook. Well, take um, uh, lamb spiced is basically vanilla town. Yeah, that's I. The first time I drank lamb spiced rum, I I really loved it. But then, and it was it's one of the few rums I can drink straight. But that's because it does just largely taste quite sweet, and it it doesn't it doesn't really taste of rum. It just tastes like you're drinking almost like a syrupy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Whereas Red Leg, the reason I'm drinking it again is because I think it does a great job of, it's got a nice flavor, but it also not only makes you feel like you've drank, you know, some alcohol content, but it also, um, it does taste of rum as opposed to just kind of like you've, you know, you're drinking vanilla Coke or something like that. But you've Um, you've been hit hard by adulthood and now you just, you want to taste the ethanol rather than the the sweet flavours. Yeah. I mean, we spoke before about our favourite rums and I know you, I think at the time said Captain Morgan's, but let's, let's exclude Captain Morgan's from the conversation. What is one of your, because I I genuinely think after drinking it, you know, a few weeks in a row, um, Red Leg is probably up there for me. But uh, have you got any? Have you got any uh, niche little this, highlights? It might just be because I've just um, tasted it for the first time. But this already pulled to the pin is up there. Um, <laughs> right, okay. My my personal favorite. I don't drink it enough, and I think that's why I like it so much. If I go into a pub, I'll go for a Sailor Jerry's ginger ale and a twist of lime, and that yeah. is for me the best way to drink rum. That's fair. I haven't had a lime in a rum before. I imagine that's quite tasty. It no. kind of cuts through the um, the heavy, the bitterness yeah, quite nicely. Adds a, a lift of sweetness. And in a, a very controversial take, oh. um, I am actually, and I know you will agree with this because we both have a drinking problem. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm quite partial to a... I've totally forgotten what it's called. You know what I mean. The overproof one that we get. You can get oh, it in some Weber Spoons. Ray and Nephews. Yeah, Ray and Nephews. One of the best rums. It. Yeah, I it's it's it is overproof, and for people who don't know what that means, because we didn't know what it mean, meant until literally about an hour ago, we both were playing some Rainbow Six Siege, which we might get round to, and we were talking about this. Um, overproof is essentially. Can you help me, Tom? I've forgotten what it means. Uh, so I haven't forgotten, but I can't explain it very well. Over, and you're a barman. Overproof rum, from what I I gathered, I, I could be butchering this. It is rum. Uh, well, not just rum, but uh, if it's overproof, it's above an alcoholic percentage so i think yeah. there's, there's more there's more alcohol proof than spirit proof i think is how it works out so it has to be above 57.1 uh percent avb yeah so essentially it is yeah it's it's more alcohol it will than whatever else makes up spirits instantaneously shoot hairs from your chest and <laughs> age you massively uh you'll start balding it's it's not good but I've it's got tasty. a luscious mane. I can't afford to drink any overproof rum. And yet, as I was saying, Sir Ray and Nephews is a tasty treat. Um, I think because uh, I the only time I've had it in a Weatherspoons, I think was in I think in Stratford in London. There's the uh, what's it called, the Golden Grove, I think it is. Yeah, um, that's one of the only actual pubs I guess I've had it at. Um, but you can buy it, and I remember at uni you bought a bottle or two a few times, and we had it. But it. It's quite nice because not only is it, you know, it is overproof. I think it's, what is it, 57% uh, I want to say? 62%. Okay, say. fuck me then, never mind. Um, but you drink it and it obviously, you know, at that percentage you can tell you've had something to drink. But also it is strangely quite tasty. I mean, I'm saying that from someone who drinks a lot of rum because I guarantee if I gave any to like my girlfriend who hates most of the rum I drink, she yeah. would probably vomit immediately. But I, it's it's good. I like it. I think I always tie it to especially Ray Nephews the day I think we had a day out me and you and a couple other lads 
Going this to, is the London Dungeons. Yeah, we went to London Dungeons. <laughs> yeah. You had a great experience Oh, down. I had the worst. We'll get onto uh, that in a bit. You talk yeah. about alcohol and I'll complain about that Oh, attraction. no, this is, that, that, was, that was your transition. It was just basically what happened after that. We went to London Dungeons. You had a great time, which you'll say no, about. I did not. Uh, we came back to Spoons, got absolutely twatted on that, mm. uh, then went back to our flat. And I think we were just chilling out, playing games you do. And the other boys, the little perfect friends who were with us, they wanted to. The, they just wanted to go home. They'd had enough of the party. They wanted to go home. <laughs> but you were really in the mood to like play horror games because I think it was getting close to your birthday. Yeah, it was Outlast um, Two. I think yeah. the demo for that had recently come out at the time. And then they were just going, "Oh no, we'll go." And you go, "No, don't worry, we'll play Outlast." And they went, "Okay, let's just let's see how it goes." And then you went on. <laughs> And you click download, and then it was like an eight-hour download, and they were like, "Nah, I'm bailing out of this. Let's just go." Like, no, we can sit and drink for eight hours. We can have fun. <laughs> the problem is that I, um, before that, I had I drank quite a bit of Ray and Nephews, uh, and I, I was, I guess uh, that's the thing is when you reach a certain, at least when we were at uni, I guess where your responsibilities aren't quite as strict, you reach a certain point of being drunk where you. You're like, time doesn't mean anything anymore, no. which is how, you know, if you, I mean, we've had plenty of evenings where we've um, stayed up till like 6am because we've just been drinking and chatting and suddenly it's like the, the birds are tweeting and the sun's out. Um, but yeah, no, so I feel like I should slightly contextualise my my hatred for the London Dungeons. Oh, yeah, you go for this. <laughs> I'm going to drink some more sweet butterscotch rum. Right. Well, while you do that, I will say anyone who's been to London Dungeons, you might know this. Anyone who hasn't, basically, um, it's like a lot of, I guess, theatre maybe, but kind of maybe not as highbrow theatre where there's audience participation and they'll kind of try and include people to make you feel, I guess, like you've justified your purchase, you know, that you're getting more out of the experience. Um, And I absolutely despise audience participation it is one of the most embarrassing awkward things i think i could possibly imagine um maybe not so much now i feel like i'm a bit more laid back with that kind of thing but at least when we went there this was maybe like 2017 a few years ago um i was i was very awkward and for anyone who doesn't know me in real life which probably is no one listening to this but hey ho um i am i think i'm like six two six three so i'm you know i'm not obviously you know a basketball player or whatever but i am quite um i'm quite tall amongst a crowd of people and me and tom and as he said a few of his uh, a few of his friends we went to the london dungeons and when you're in a group of the general british public and you're six two odd um you kind of stand out quite a bit and so every Every single fucking room of the London Dungeons, I would kind of intentionally try and hide back amongst people. But whoever was the main actor in that room, you know, you've got Sweeney Todd or whatever, or just some crazy dentist guy. They'd be like, you, sir, you come sit in my chair. And I'd be like, no, I really don't want to. But then there's this weird, like almost bullying peer pressure where you feel like I don't know any of these random strangers we're in a group with but if I don't do this thing they'll think I'm not cool (laughs) so I would fucking get roped into every single interaction and absolutely hate it um and I the weirdest part for anyone who hasn't been in this kind of thing is I don't know if you remember Tom do you remember the one where um it was like a dentistry thing where i went behind a curtain and then they did a load of shit oh yeah 
Yeah. So they call you over and you sit in this chair and they wrap a curtain around you. And there's, I guess, like a spotlight behind you. So to everyone else, it looks like they're torturing you. But they're not doing anything to me, really. Like they're just kind of waving their arms around. But then you lot all leave. And I <laughs> you just sit there. For like I just have two to minutes. sit there. And then eventually there's not some grand like, OK, you are released now, sir. The guy who operates the whole thing, who's pretending to be this like medieval dentist, just kind of looks at you and's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, they just, like, I'm like, you're the motherfucker. You're the one who forced me to sit down. I didn't demand to be a part of this show. So that's a long winded way of saying I like Ray and Nephews. I don't like the London Dungeons. There you go. I, th- I think that's a, a solid result to come to. It, mm. It's given you a fear of amateur theatre. It's Oh, man, it's given me the biggest fear. I yeah. like theatre a lot, and I feel like, especially... I was thinking today on the pod, we don't generally talk about um, about COVID a lot and coronavirus and the whole no. world shutting down, blah, blah, blah. But I think one of the... One of the things I... It's a two-part. And one of the things I miss partially about not living in London anymore, but also the fact we can't really easily go to London, is I really miss going to, like really good theater shows um i don't did you go to many when you were living in london uh not a massive amount i you went to hamilton the, went you, to like, hamilton twice yeah. which is hamilton is incredible hamilton's if you, phenomenal if you've got yeah. a disney plus uh definitely give hamilton a go but if you ever have the chance to see it live boy howdy is it a lot much better it's incredible experience. yeah it's uh, really incredible book of mormon was a surprise book of mormon's great i love book of mormon for anyone who doesn't know that's written by the uh what is it trey parker and matt stone the south park guys yeah um and it is incredibly funny Fucking especially amazing. for theater which you might not think is a source of comedy often and then i've i think i saw wicked at some point as well i saw i don't know I don't think we went together because I've seen Wicked, but I think it was when I was in like year eight, maybe, and we didn't go to school at that point. So mm. I don't know. Maybe you went to your school as well. I just I followed um, your school. I was just I, <laughs> I tagged okay. along. Um, but yeah, no, I really miss going to the theatre. Like when I was in London, I didn't go so many shows, I guess, like the final years of university. But the first year I went to The Woman in Black, um, which was really great. It was genuinely scary, which surprised me for like a theatre show um and yeah like you've mentioned you know hamilton's great book of mormon's great um i went to go see the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime which, which is, is that's a, a very long title for a very book. good show and i imagine it was Pardon also me, a fantastic show mm, no it was very good um but yeah no that is kieran's theater corner you're welcome is that just <laughs> talk your, about something your else to the fact that we have culture in our lives we don't just we do we're very cultured games. gentlemen uh, well, I'm going to do a whiplash transition mm. and enter in uh, nothing less. an element of fun and entertainment. Uh, I've been watching a show on Netflix called Unsolved Mysteries. Ooh, uh, I've heard I, quite a bit about that. Actually. Yeah, I like those little sort of their little mini documentaries about like things that have gone wrong. And Netflix is good at that kind yeah, of thing. I, I find them really engaging. So I thought, why not add a sense of mystery uh, to your life and i found right. a couple of conspiracy theories oh i do love a good conspiracy weird theory. wacky zany ones right, uh, okay. that i would i would share with you to get your initial response and okay. maybe convert <laughs> you into a true believer this may or a may true not believer uh, in lizard people yeah. or whatever it is you're about to this spring is how on we right. start a cult obviously you've got the you've got the main ones of like the yeah. moon landings fake uh bush did 9-11 birds aren't real which is my personal favorite sorry Birds, aren't, birds real. aren't real. Birds aren't real. <laughs> Talk, explain, lay this out for me. How are birds not real? Oh, birds are uh, allegedly. 
have to press everything of allegedly. I don't want a lawsuit. Um, uh, <laughs> Sorry, who, who's going to issue a lawsuit against the, you? The birds? The, the government man who controls the birds. Uh, allegedly, <laughs> okay. they are. every bird is a government uh, little robot and they're used for surveillance. And apparently the lockdown was so that the government could recharge the birds. <laughs> that's the, that's the current conspiracy theory. That suddenly triggered a memory. I think I remember reading this thing. Yeah, I, d- I came across the whole birds aren't real thing because I saw, I think it was the whole argument about 5G towers and stuff. People were like, no, coronavirus was just so, yeah, like you said, the government could put new batteries in all the birds, which is ludicrous. It's incredible. So I've, I've, got, uh, I've got a couple. I've right. Well, ready- I mean, you're starting with birds aren't real. It's only, only up from here. Yeah, it's amazing. Next one on the topic of what is what is and isn't real yeah. uh finland finland doesn't okay. exist finland doesn't exist it, it right is, please it's, it's a fictional landmass you got any further info <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's this one started more as a joke but it was like oh shockingly <laughs> constructed by the japanese in the soviet union during the cold war um, okay. because they wanted fishing rights uh, apparently all like the fish that that come from sweden uh, no not sweden finland even uh, they're they're not really fish. They're just shipped in, packaged as fish, but really they're all Nokia telephones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so. worried that this conspiracy theory borders on being quite racist. Yeah, it might do. Against I'm trying the Japanese. To, <laughs> I'm trying but I'm to also glad that you introduced this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm completely you know. So I've washed my hands of this. I'm the one doing the hate crime this time. So uh, do you believe this that Finland isn't no, real? Of course it's real. Have you got any other info or is that just it? That That's just it. It's, it's just, just So sorry, the idea of Finland not being real is entirely based upon their fish output. Yeah, it's it's so that Russia could have, from what I'm reading here, because I, I did research, from what I'm reading here, it was so that they could secure the fishing rights to the Baltic Sea. Right, okay. That's a fun bit of political talk for yeah. this podcast that we there always do. Yeah, it's, it's light and breezy. So for the next one, obviously everyone loves Disney. You love oh, Disney. Oh, that's done, is it? You're I just love... done with Finland yeah. isn't real. You're going to throw that out and then yeah, everyone can it. just deal with that. What this if is... people are Finnish? What if we have Finnish listeners and they're just like, they have an ex- ex- this existential is... crisis? Yeah, this is identity theft. You're a monster. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. So Finland Basically, isn't real. Finland's we check that box. Okay. What else? Birds aren't real. Finland isn't real. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of things that aren't real. Disney. Disney. Are they real? Uh, allegedly. Um, you know, more real than ever. You know, well, the, the original Disney conspiracy theory is that Walt Disney was cryogenically frozen. Yes, I've heard uh, that. I'm aware of that. This is a tangent of that, a little amendment, uh, okay. which was that the only reason that Disney made the movie Frozen was so they would change Google search results from Disney cryogenically frozen so then oh, they were throwing people else. off the scent Yeah, Walt Disney being frozen. Because everyone was onto something. Again, is that all the information you have for that one? Yeah, it's all just I feel little, like you little could have done some more things. research. Nah, this was a quick five-minute Google. The last, okay, one, so the frozen, last one is the best one. So Frozen is real, but... Frozen is real, but they only made it so they could change Google search results. Okay, they just, I'm going to look up quickly. Title. Hang on. This is a mid-podcast Google. I'm going to search Walt Disney... Frozen and so you, see if the, the top result is going to be the worked. movie. It's going to be the movie. It's not. The top <laughs> result is Snopes.com. Was Walt Disney's body really frozen after he died? 
so you've heard it here long, first, oh no folks. it says false so there you go that's the answer to that one ah. but i'm glad that they're you know trying all they can to cover up this yeah. false rumor people need to go watch frozen more we need to bump up the numbers for them. do you think Help there's clues out. in the film about walt disney's body being he's in the film secured in ice he's actually was it's a biopic he was elsa Right. Okay. I always wanted to fuck Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. This is why you don't drink before the podcast. <laughs> uh, please move on to your next conspiracy uh, theory. <laughs> Last one was the one I found literally before we went on, and I think it's a masterpiece. It relates right. to the American government, so it's very political. Oh, good. Uh, That's always what we want to do. Yeah. And a- apparently. Allegedly, yeah. uh, there's often huge amounts of like tragedies and sort of death numbers happening around April time in most years uh, in America. Right. Um, that could be due to just flu season or them just that's when they would tally the numbers. Who knows? But apparently that's not the case. Okay. Apparently April is actually the government's blood sacrifice season. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at the risk of being disappointed, do you yeah. have any more information? I do, I do. Okay, um, right, please go uh, on. During uh, this season, uh, the government performs sacrifices to the demon god Baal uh, and later disguises these sacrifices as tragedies. Uh, I, d- I mean, I don't, I didn't know that there was a height of deaths in April, so this doesn't really mean that much to me, especially in the US. Yeah. Jeez, Tom, we're from fucking... Sunny old blighty. I'm, I'm, I'm getting some outreach out there. We're grabbing different audiences now. I know for a fact that's not true. <laughs> but you can't so, disprove it. So is that your final conspiracy theory? Is yeah, that April is a, is a blood is, sacrifice is a blood month sacrifice in month. the US? Yeah. And uh, right. that's when the government, you know, they, they make their deals to the demon god Baal to, I don't know, I don't know what they make Baal the deals for. Baal sounds familiar. I feel like that's been mentioned in like The Conjuring or something. Probably. I think that's quite a stereotypical demon name. Is he like just the, the goat man? One of them's a goat man, isn't it? Uh, everyone's a goat man if you think hard enough. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm, <laughs> I was born half goat. Um, yeah, right, well that was, that was Tom's conspiracy corner. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It was it was off the cuff. I'm I'm glad that you hadn't heard of many of those conspiracy theories. No, before. I hadn't actually. You surprised me. I mean, usually, yeah. as you say, you get the whole like you know, nine eleven was Bush, blah blah blah, fucking moon landing. But um, I uh, I'm I'm half tempted to make this a bit of a recurring thing because I do love ridiculous conspiracy theories. Like oh, they're amazing. I love seeing. I think there's what... a slippery slope because at one day you might suddenly wake up and be like. Maybe Elsa is Walt Disney. Yeah. <laughs> um, It'll be at the point yeah, where no, like fun. the Illuminati is busting through a window during a recording mm. of this. You, you've spoke the truth for too long now. <laughs> They're going to silence us. Um, right. Well, if you don't mind, Tom, I'm going to oh. drag the podcast on another hairpin turn. You do Because it. I want to talk about media, which is what we <laughs> always talk about. Will you allow let's go, that? Let's go back to the classics, the the nineteen sixties of our podcast. Right. I thought you actually had something to talk about from the sixties, but then I'm no, like, no, I you don't, don't listen to any or watch anything from pre two thousand, so that's not going to happen. Yeah, it's great. Um, but I have watched a lot of television lately, um, and the first thing I want to speak about is something that I don't think you've watched, but I would recommend. Have you ever seen 
uh, Dark on Netflix, the series. I'm about to blow your fucking mind. You are going to? Yeah. Cause I what? Because have, I have You've watched Dark? It. No. Oh, okay. Not a chance. Thank you for the bait and switch. Yeah. Um, I, I love playing, toying with your emotions like a You do. Cat I with thought Walt string. Disney was re- real and then you told me he was Elsa. I don't remember. Man, it's been a long podcast. <laughs> that was at least five <laughs> minutes ago. We don't keep track of our own continuity. No, not at all. Why would we? Um, but yeah, Dark on Netflix is an incredible series that actually recently came to a close because it was quite cool in that, you know how. Uh, certain series I mean I'm like a big fan of even like the the US office I love that but it went on for too long it should have finished at season seven and then they released um, subsequent seasons after that whereas dark is interesting because it's first of all it's German so you can if you watch it you can pretend you're cultured because you watch you know foreign series (laughs) it's my favorite thing to do but I think one of the one of the most commendable things about it is that there's only three seasons of it and the third one just come out but the way the series is set up um, it was clearly always structured to only be three seasons long, which is quite, you know, clever because often you'd say, okay, well, if we've got this good thing, we're going, we'll just carry on churning them out until we, um, you know, stop making money, I guess. Mm. Um, but Dark's quite cool because basically the series, oh, it's so complicated and I cannot explain it just in this one episode or like two minutes or whatever. But essentially, um, it's a German series where you can watch it in, you know, English with dubbed voices or whatever but it's um it's kind of stranger things ish i guess in season one where suddenly one day it's in this little german town called winden um or winden if you're you know a fucking luddite and um it's this this young kid goes missing from this town and I don't think it's his brother, actually. I thought it was, and then I rewatched it, and I'm like, oh, no, actually, it's not. It's his other kid in town decides he wants to try and find out what happened because the kid ran into this cave and suddenly vanishes. And you find out that he actually, within this cave, there's like a... It's not even like a portal. It's this concrete tunnel that lets them go to another time in that town. So I think the series is set initially in 2019, and this kid climbs through this tunnel, and suddenly he's in like the 80s. Um, in the same town and there's people he knows but obviously they were younger enough and it's very confusing but that's that's nothing like that scratches the surface that's just season one so you're already um, saying like this is going to be confusing but get a, go, you're going down a rabbit hole of your oh my god right it. so yeah no i won't i won't um i won't make the whole episode about dark but no. basically case, season one uh you need to explain the later seasons in like baby terms to me Okay, so this season is one I is want. about time travel where this kid goes missing and they try getting back. Are you with me so far? Yeah. Okay. It. Season two um, has five, I think it is, timelines at once um, uh, where it keeps going between, I think it's like 1917 and 2019 and there's multiple eras between those. Are we looking uh, at and- a fucking Westworld situation over here, boyo? Yeah, no, you're not joking. Blew my so, goddamn mind. Yeah, I'll get to that in a moment. But oh, no. so uh, season two of Dark is that at the end of season two, despite the fact you've got time travel and five different universes—not universes—five different timelines happening at once. The end of season two, they thought this wasn't confusing enough. They decide to introduce the fact that there's multiple realities. <laughs> And time travel within those different realities. And it becomes just like, it's weird because there's eight episodes per season. And every episode I watched of season three, 
I felt like it was a completely new show in the sense that I had no clue who anyone was or what was going on. I won't lie um, to you. Prob's, Prob's going to give this one a miss, but... Yeah, no, it's, it's tricky because it is very, very good. Um, it's really good. Like, it, if you can keep up with it, it's really good. But I'd find it hard to recommend to anyone because it is just so ludicrously convoluted and confusing and complicated and, like... The problem is as well, I watched it because I'm like a, you know, a subs not dubs kind of fuckhead. I watched it in German with English subtitles, which means not only do I not understand what's happening, I don't understand what characters are saying. <laughs> um, so it got quite confusing. It was quite tricky, but I had a fun time with it. And you I think you should check it out. I out, think everyone should give it a go. Out of principle, though, I just refuse to watch a program in which I'm going to have to stay up late at night with a fucking mind map, the red string connecting them all, me just going crazy in a corner of a room. Yeah, no, it is a tricky one. That's what we did during Westworld. We we started we watching did. it. We had multiple like whiteboards trying to figure it all out, and it. I've, I haven't been the same since. I can't. I I don't have like logical thoughts anymore. I'm just like, <laughs> what what if birds aren't real? though it's <laughs> yeah no westworld was crazy because we watched that again when we were living together at uni and um and i haven't i haven't actually watched you stopped after season one didn't you I, it blew my brain too much but season two was quite good and then season three's come out recently and i haven't watched it yet because i don't know i just i don't know if i'm entirely prepared for that kind of mind fuckery just I yet i might give it a go i think i've still got now tv kicking about so there's no reason for me not to no. Other than the fact that I need to There's think. a lot of good media, though, lately. Yeah. I've just been watching Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which yeah. you, do, you, don't need, you don't need a brain for. Just watch the funny men do the funny things. <laughs> I've never really loved Always Sunny. Like, I think it's... it's we mentioned The Witcher before, and Always Sunny yeah. is a weirdly similar situation where I, um, I've tried watching it about three or four times, and I, I know it's good because people love it, and I can see what's good in the show. But it's kind of like community when you mentioned before, like I can acknowledge the positives of it. It just doesn't work for me at all as a comedy. Yeah, I, I get that. I'm just I'm very much for the uh, turn your brain off and just consume. But I, I've got the fucking media attention span of a potato. <laughs> I just I kind of sink in. Those famously sentient vegetables. <laughs> fucking, I'm going to start off at least five more like weird conspiracies from this podcast alone right, the potatoes yeah. are watching you <laughs> i'm gonna start a goddamn cult that's what's going on here <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna zigzag you just you spoke about time travel i did speak about time travel and interdimensional dark, yeah. travel you know what else covers time travel that i've been doing to steal your thunder i do not uh time splitters Oh, I fucking Ooh. love time splitters. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think we have we spoken about time splitters before. Uh, we've spoke about it in passing about childhood games, but I recently oh, okay. uh, thought I would make the great decision of spending too much money, if I'm being honest, on GameCube games, right? To purchase and play, and they all arrived yesterday. It was not yesterday, uh, last week. That's the one. The dates and time all gets mixed up in my brain. <laughs> you can tell yeah. I'm not watching Dark. Uh, but yeah, it was like a mini Christmas. Unpacked it all. Mario Party 4. What a delight. Nice. Best game. But then, yeah, I I turned on Time Splitters for the first time. In which one have you been playing? Time Splitters 2, which is the Ooh. better one. In I remember you saying that was your favourite. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 3 is my favourite. Future Perfect. 
I forgot how janky it was to like aim and it feels very much like uh the original 007 sort of like golden eyes yeah up to I think like agent under fire was the PS2 one yeah uh but no it is a fantastic fucking game the multiplayer is some of the most fun I've had recently is uh, Time Splitters 2 the single player? Does it start where you're like at an Arctic base? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, you're sneaking... You, it's it's an entirely stealth covert mission in which in the game itself there isn't really a sneak mechanic. No, not so at all. It's, you're just sprinting and hoping that you don't die. Uh, yeah. But if I could give one bit of advice, it would be play old games because they're really good it's funny you say that i've had an incredibly nostalgic week um partially because i've been playing nostalgic games so i've been uh, as people might have seen on our instagram again at bev boys pod follow it um i <laughs> i've been playing uh banjo tooie a little bit because i got it on nintendo 64 similarly to you we spoke about last time i was yeah. bidding on games on ebay um so yeah i've had nostalgia in that sense but also it just kind of got me in the mood for like looking back a lot and even to the other the other evening i was um sitting around with my girlfriend and i was on about how i used to uh, she hadn't heard of it actually but did you ever play with slash hear about a uh, bionicle when of you were course younger? i did i'm not a heathen i fucking love bionicle was amazing it, like, it was... i used to play with toys so much as a kid and i absolutely loved it and i just remember bionicle was one of my favorite things in the world yeah, Bionicle um, for me was the because you did like your Legos and your Beyblades while you were growing yeah. up the 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 casual shit, and then as a kid, Bionicle felt like the adult toy. You're like, oh, I'm, Bionicle I'm edgy. was great, and it was just yeah. amazing. You'd make no, it, it was really you'd cool. Make like, I just loved. Um, I don't know. I just loved. Yeah, I was. I was very probably much more imaginative as a child as, than I am now, where I just put on all these little voices and make up these little worlds. But it's. It was. I've just. I don't know. I've had a very nostalgic kind of few weeks where I haven't been playing many new games. I haven't been. I've been watching lots of older films. I feel like, you know, we mentioned we haven't talked much about the lockdown. So why don't we? Um, I feel like the, the whole coronavirus situation has just made me just really reminisce and look back much more than I probably would have done this year because there isn't new media coming out in terms of like, well, there is in terms of games and stuff. But for me, I'd go to the cinema previously, you know, like two to three times a week. And now obviously yeah. cinemas are closed. I've been watching loads of older films and I just, I miss, I miss things, you know, yeah. I miss them a lot. I'd agree with that. I think though everybody gets to a point where they get very nostalgic. Yeah. That's why like, especially just to give you a, a deep dive on the retro gaming community um there comes in waves like the snes and nes they've already had their peak now it's kind of the gamecube and the ps2 they've gone up in price recently because mm. people are getting nostalgic about them um but yeah i, I would agree on that well, when you've got nothing else to do like we've had for quite a while you kind of default well at least i do i've defaulted to what I know is definitely fun. That's yeah. why I've gone back in a kick of like, I know this is a good movie or I know Community is the best TV show and Kieran can well, shut up about okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> Arguably. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think it's it's the main hook is just that it's, reli it's reliable. Like That's yeah. why you watch a film 10 times when you're younger is because you know this is a movie I really enjoy and um, it's similar to me. I mean, I've mentioned it a few times. I've been re-watching Breaking Bad and that's great. Um I've been playing old games, obviously we both have, but 
yeah it's just i think 2020 will be kind of known as the year of if not stagnation with media Mm. you know retrospection and nostalgia has kind of really come to the forefront this year i think after it's all said and done nothing about this year will stand out other than probably the pandemic and maybe the blm riots but it'll probably be well not riots protests i should have said um i i just don't think anyone will ever come back to this with like oh that was a substantial time spent it was just the the year that the world kind of stopped a bit yeah i think that's uh, i think we've both i mean not to get too serious but i think we've both and hopefully you know this relates to people who are maybe listening we've both gone through periods where it's you know you just really hit a brick wall of like this year is in immeasurably shit and you just cannot be bothered with anything and it's okay to feel like that because the world is in an incredibly strange place um but i i know this isn't a fucking original thought i cannot wait for everything to continue slightly um, and the world to actually progress and not just maintain, because that's all this year has been. It's just, yeah, you know, it's just if you can stay okay, then that's over. all you need to do. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm yeah. very excited for it. I think there is a big change on the way, both in sort of uh, moral points of view and political points of view. A lot of it is centred on America at the moment, because yeah. that's, a, that's a boiling pot of tension. But hopefully big change will happen soon. And that will have a knock-on effect for everywhere. That's all you can really hope for. I hope so. I mean, in terms of mentioning America, the kind of thing that's <laughs> pissed me off recently, which is completely irrelevant in the grand scheme of things, is that I've been really looking forward to um, Tenet, Christopher Nolan's new film, coming out. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it's now been indefinitely delayed after being delayed until later on in August. Presumably, well, I'm pretty sure entirely because... Uh, cinemas can't open in America or the ones that have have had to close again because they can't fucking listen and wear a mask. Yeah, it's been <laughs> just, an It makes me so angry. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I what's... Uh, okay, let's get, let's get a little bit more serious this time. Um, Ooh, is what, this going to be the episode we finally talk politics? We don't... Well, no, I don't want to talk politics, but I think what's like... Uh, I don't even know. I don't want to ask what's your opinion on wearing masks, but like it really, from a personal point of view, it fucks me off so much that people have such a problem with wearing a mask at the I minute. Don't... And it's almost proven to be the single best way to completely yeah, eradicate I this virus. don't understand it. The only thing I can think of why people don't do it would be because it is an inconvenience to them. And obviously they don't see an unseen virus or pathogen as something that is directly affecting them because they can't see it whereas they can see a cloth in front of their face as something that directly affects them um i think especially in the country at the moment uh we've obviously we've just had the new rule on you have to wear a mask in a shop but yeah i mean the way that. that was rolled out i don't particularly agree with because if you look through like all the guidelines of what it's a lot like like if you're going to buy takeaway food, you have to wear a mask while ordering it. But then as soon as you go to eat it, you can take it off and then you don't need to wear it in a pub, but you need to wear it in a shop. I just I think it should have just been a blanket. If you leave your home, you have to wear one. Yeah. Everyone knows where they stand. too little, them. too late um, yeah. to begin with. But I think the thing that annoyed me 
So the day we're recording this, uh, I think it was the Friday that's just gone, was yeah. when officially in the UK you had to, quote unquote, had to wear a mask in shops. But I was looking up, so the Friday that's just gone, I was looking up on Twitter at the time and there was a load of trending things about how um, places like Sainsbury's, Asda, I think it was, the co-op, Costa, like these big retailers have all come out and said, we're not going to make people wear masks in our shops. And I'm kind of torn because mm. I'm sure like you, we're both all, we don't, we fucking don't shut the fuck up about Reddit. Um, we've both probably seen all these videos from America where people are coming into the shops and having massive fights with, you know, the staff because the staff are saying you have to wear a mask and they don't want to. Um, but all these places have come out and said in the UK and have come out and said they don't, you know, they're not going to force their staff to enforce these rules and it's for the, the police or whatever to kind of enforce this thing. But I just feel like, it's it's infuriating because not only is it too little too late, but it could be effective if it was actually implemented. Whereas at the minute, it's again, like with everything with it, and this is way too serious for our podcast, but fuck yeah. it. Ah. It's like with everything with this fucking coronavirus thing is it's uh, our, uh, right, this is so political, but our incompetent <laughs> fucking stupid government <laughs> have come out and everything they've done has been half-assed and passing the yeah. buck and, oh, well, you know, we'll kind of guide you how you need to be, but you just kind of do what you want. And it's like, you stupid <laughs> just like enforce something, <laughs> make the country safer. And that's all. I, yeah, I could go on for an hour about this, and I'm aware. I think that's the first time we've said on this podcast. Oh, no, I I'm just so angry. I'm, I'm trying to be the, the more just oh, maintainer. <laughs> I I completely get the frustration and rage. I will hit on the point of it is too little, too late in a sense of there's already been, in my opinion, too many deaths and too many cases. Yeah. to say that it's been successful management at all it's been this has been probably one of the worst things in recent history mm. um i think in terms of stopping a potential second peak now is the perfect time to implement uh, some harsher measures but obviously it's everyone's just a bit tired of it it's it's in your brain it's constant it's been a thing um i just i I, I mean, you work in, you've got quite a unique yeah, perspective because we said in, you work in a, a pub, so you encounter a lot of people every day, really. Yeah, they're, everyone who I have met has got that same kind of drained uh, approach to it, but I, I don't think it's necessarily now the time to back off. I think now is the time to really make sure that it's under control. Yeah. Um, the main thing I hated a lot was, as you said, the wishy-washy fucking politics about it where it was like uh oh i'm not gonna shut down pubs and restaurants but maybe don't go to them and then two weeks later shuts them down and then yeah. before the mask rule it was oh maybe you should wear them in shops and then in two weeks oh yeah you have to wear them i i, I get that it takes time to pass legislation but there are emergency powers i i them then it might have taken too long i don't know i'm not a politician but it's just it always seems like everyone is being like, oh, yeah, this is the thing we should do. Someone else sort it out, though. It'll be fine. Yeah, no, it's... it's, yeah. it's I don't like, know, it's it's tricky because I appreciate it's a very undesirable situation to be in, you know, as a, as a, um, a policymaker at this point. But at the same time, if someone doesn't instruct the country, yeah. we've clearly shown, you know, 
look, I love being I love being English. I love being British. I think we're wonderful. But it's beautiful. When pubs first opened and you saw all those pictures on Twitter of like hordes of people packed together yeah, in just, Soho, you can't trust. So sad. You can't trust the general public to make good decisions. No, <laughs> they just don't. Everyone um, will act in their own self-interest. That's the thing. You, you, and you should personally because you're to yourself. You are what matters hopefully the most. So you want to look after yourself and do stuff, but yeah. also take into consideration other people. There's there are some people that would seriously suffer if they were to develop and catch the coronavirus. You wearing a mask is literally the bare minimum that someone can do. Yeah. It's just now putting a small think, bit of fabric on your face. Job done. That's one of the things that pisses me off the most at the minute. I mean, I promise we'll get off this in a moment. We won't, you know, Bevis of the Boys is meant to be this fun. We just talk about media, whatever. But I, I've been, I've been, been really holding stewing back. on this You've for a while. Unchained, unleashed today. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the fact when people come up with the argument of, I don't want to wear a mask because it doesn't, it's been proven it doesn't prevent COVID-19. It's like, the mask isn't for you. The mask is the same way that if you have a cold, you don't walk up to someone and sneeze in their face. Yeah. You know, it's it's common decency. It's politeness. Just stop being a selfish piece of shit yeah. and look out for everyone else. And that's yeah. that's the last thing I'll have to say on it is don't be a selfish piece of shit. <laughs> um, I love yeah, that's 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 gonna be my business card from now on. I'll just go better of the boys. <laughs> this might be the last episode of the podcast. Wrong. We might just tear it all down, burn it down from here. But um, it's pure anarchy from this point. Oh, forward. I'm just. It's really. I I know normally we talk about media and fun things, but this it's such a massive it's, focal point in society at the minute, and it's really bugging me. Perspective on it, I think. It's, yeah. To go back to an earlier point that I I know you just said this. The last thing you'll say on it. Um, but there was one point I didn't hit, and that was when you spoke about, say, Sainsbury's. Wait, I don't think Waitrose. Waitrose has said they will. Waitrose, yeah, I think yeah, a, a largely enforcing masks. But I kind of agree that it is. It's not on the staff to make sure everybody is wearing a mask. That is not a position they signed up for when they first start the job. But also, I don't see if. If they can't enforce it and they won't enforce it, I don't know how it is in any way no, going to be enforced. No, there's no other position that will really. Yeah, like, because you can't, you can't have, have police a, you know, marching around every store. No, exactly. Like it, it is a, as I said, I fully appreciate it's an incredibly undesirable position to be in to try and maintain, like you know, to monitor this kind of thing. And the police force is stretched enough to where you can't have, you know, as you said, you can't have an individual police officer at every single entrance to every single shop in the country. Yeah, but I just think. I don't that's not the thing that's annoyed me the most the whole Sainsbury's thing kind of pissed me off when I first saw it it's more the comments or responses and this is just Twitter in general like Twitter's a cesspit of toxicity sometimes um, but it's just the people who go out of their way to be like anti-mask and stuff it's like what the fuck are you doing like you're just so selfish it's ludicrous um, anyway but non-mask you, talk let's talk about as, something else that's the last little ad lib um if you do want to send any hate mail, you can easily do that at improvcomedy at gmail.com. Uh, send it all our a, way. Is this an address you've made? Yeah, this is. Right, okay. Because I can't, I can't think of anything ad lib, so my default is improv comedy. Right. Um, just send um, that all, all our way. We'll read it all and we'll cry ourselves to sleep in the shower. 
I'm going to dramatically shift our conversation to a new topic, which is a completely unfounded thing with the bevies with the boys. Oh, I've never heard um, of it before, mate. Don't worry. Tom, TV. Let's talk more TV. Yeah. Something I know you're aware of, something I know I'm aware of, because aware of, <laughs> because we've spoken about it prior to yeah. recording this podcast. The Boys on Amazon, The Boys TV show. Tell me, what is The Boys, Tom? Uh, the Boys, it's TV show. Uh, it's a biopic of us. It is based <laughs> on our lives. Tell me the real thing, Tom. Don't nah, goof me. I've had okay, enough goofing. It's a, it's a, it's a what-if basically if the justice league were kind of dickheads yeah um so you've got you've got your your superman character you've got your wonder woman characters like homelander queen maeve you've got your Aquaman, and it's just basically what if those heroes were just more human they're not like paragons of virtue they're sort of mm. more human with sort of selfish wants and ambitions yeah, no, and then I, you have I um, people who don't like that kind of power who they're they're the boys and they're trying to break the establishment. Yeah, no, so um, I think it was the it's based on a, a graphic novel that I and this is a real uh shot in the dark. I think it was Grant Morrison wrote it who also did things like um, oh, fuck, I was I just remembered them all and I've forgotten. I think it was like Sandman and some very renowned sort of graphic novel series. Mm. Um, and you told me, I think it came out last summer, a sort of July 2019. And you told me at the time, you should watch The Boys. And I was like, I don't want to. I'm busy watching other things. Um, but I watched it all within the last week. Like, that's how good it is. I think I watched it in about four days. And it is absolutely incredible. It is such a good TV series. Um but I think the thing that impressed me the most is, as you said, it's kind of based on a lot of familiar tropes. You know, the, the main group of superheroes within the show are called the Seven, um, which is also the number of people who are in the actual like original Justice League lineup. So it's clearly paralleled to that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's so good in how it deconstructs the superhero genre, which is, I think, exactly what we kind of need at the minute because superheroes have been so heavily saturated in media you know every single major blockbuster of last year at least when there were films released um was a marvel film essentially or at least owned by disney who yeah. is actually elsa or whatever um, but, <laughs> um so yeah no i think if, uh, if if you know if the description of the show as in um it's essentially the Justice League, but they're bad, kind of doesn't appeal to you, I think you should still check it out because it is, it's essentially, in like a very hoity-toity pretentious way, it's like a postmodern superhero thing where it's like, okay, we know superheroes are really saturated. Here's an interesting take on that entire kind of world. Yeah, it's, as you, I, I, I've told you many times, it's probably one of my favourite TV shows of recent mm. memory. Just when you said you were watching it through and you were probably going to talk about it, I just sat and I think I watched it all in a day. You messaged, messaged me, you. yeah. You started yeah. it like I told you that evening and I think the next evening, within a 24-hour period, you were like, oh, I've just watched the entire show again. Yeah. It's it's incredibly watchable. It's incredibly well done, well produced. It has, yeah. it has my favourite thing. It's it's a little, little tiny thing that I love it when TV shows do. I don't know why. It's when they put like the title screen to a like a dynamic shot yeah like, no it's oh, it's oh, just i mean that, that kind of 
that sums up how good the production of the entire show is. And I, I was shocked when I watched it because I've watched a lot of Netflix series and a lot of, you know, I don't know, mm. BBC or whatever. Um, but The Boys has what seems to be a ludicrously high budget because it looks better than lots of actual superhero movies released today. Yeah. Like I, when um, I first saw it, I would have thought the special effects would be like that of like, I don't know, fucking the arrow and the flash and stuff like, where it's yeah. Or like daredevil, like the, the Netflix fake. sort of marvelly things, but no, they, they pull it off really well. And you, it makes you think that these characters can do this kind of stuff in real life yeah no it's it's really good um like the i just what's a good example like homelander the main guy you mentioned he's kind of the um i guess like the superman equivalent as you said of the justice league kind of thing and he has heat vision but it doesn't look like something you might do in after effects or something like they do it to the quality of a dc film um it's so well made but beyond that as i said like even beyond the production values it's just so it's really cutting and really topical in the best possible way um like as much as i'll oh you know rant about how everyone should watch it i think it's it's important to note that it is it's not you know it's not batman it's not a dc thing it is a very mature um take on the superhero world you know there's a lot of I mean, within, yeah, there's murder within the first episode. There's, you know, like sexual assault and incredibly graphic violence. And it is a very mature um, uh, spin on that kind of thing. But it's, if you can stomach that kind of thing, I'd say it's probably one of the most watchable shows I've seen in mm. the last, and this is this is a high praise, probably within the last decade at least. Like it is so well done. Um, and everyone in it is absolutely excellent. Like the, the seven are all utterly reprehensible and yet especially homelander i don't know the name of the guy who plays him off the top of my head but he is such a good actor in that you i was gonna say he's probably my favorite actor in it because for the first couple of episodes they make him extremely unlikable and he plays that so well and then he has little bits that sort of humanize him here and there like there's a bit where he's like filming an outside location for like a a puff piece for him being a superhero and then the level at which just from the an acting point of view where he goes from super energetic and just like ah and like making you really care because obviously his forward personal public showing is that he's this really cool dude um so he goes from that to instantly just becoming this reprehensible person and that split transition it's just while watching it you're just like yeah it's just good so good to watch yeah i oh. think um alongside him and he is genuinely like every scene that has homelander in is so watchable um mm. carl urban plays billy butcher who's like the leader of the boys the the titular boys um and he is it's it's weird because in, if you met someone like him in real life and you were huey who's essentially like the main character of the show um you'd be kind of really off put by him he's very unlikable and very brash and like aggressive um but carl urban is just such a great actor for that kind of role where he's because uh, he played judge dread as well and yeah. it's like this ultra almost black and white this is right this is wrong kind of thing but as the show goes on and i won't spoil it here because it is well worth watching he has so much depth to him that makes every single even like really irritating thing he does you completely understand where he's coming from um and i just i just yeah i I know the boys isn't some fresh hot series out the thing but uh i think you should watch it and the reason i watched it actually that was what i was getting around to 
is because season two of it is out. I think it's September 4th. Um, this isn't, we're not sponsored by the boys. I'm just a big fan. And uh, yeah, I wanted to check it out. And I think anyone who has access to Amazon Prime should, because especially even I'd say, if you're not, you know, if you're tired of superhero movies, because it is such a breath of fresh air within that genre, it just works so well. Mm. I I I hundred percent stand by what you're saying, and that's not just because I'm a yes man. Uh, <laughs> it's it's because I well I I harped on it to you for a year to try you and did, get you to yeah, watch it, and I stubbornly this is another to watch recommendation it. I've made that you've thoroughly enjoyed, it proving is, that I have yeah. a higher taste in media than you do. No, you've you've really hit the nail on the head with that one. It was good. I yeah. I very much enjoyed the boys. Boom. So boom, baby. Wait for me to recommend another TV show and then watch it immediately. Don't I may give me that check lip. It out. Um, well, I don't know about you, Tom. It's been a real roller coaster. I apologise for anyone <laughs> about the language uh, in this episode, we, but I, I got very passionate and very angry earlier. Um, but I think that brings us close to the end of the episode, don't you? I, I would agree. My rum's gone, which is sad. My rum went a long time ago. I'm, I'm running on fumes and anger <laughs> at this point. You're just shaking with rage. Just oh, I'm just, it just pisses me off going. how selfish people are. <laughs> um, but yeah, so normally, and this is a little peek behind the curtain, normally we'd have Tom's advice, but I have heard rumours that there may be a slight shake-up this time around. Yeah, I I couldn't think of any more advice that I haven't used and isn't <laughs> You've run recycled out. from Reddit and isn't cliched. So instead, I'm going to use a, my 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 time my platform, if you will, as an sure. Instagram influencer, right? Um, to make a recommendation to read. It's still along the lines of to self-help. Read. Yeah, and it's the most cliched book of all time. Me and you have both read it. I think you'd agree that it's definitely worth a read everyone's heard of it it's how to make friends and influence people oh i thought uh, you might get around yeah. to that yeah i think as a book everyone hears it and it's like the butt of the joke of just like oh this person doesn't know how to make friends they need a book on it uh as as a book it's actually filled with very very good advice about yeah. social situations uh it's helped me out a lot going forward uh especially working in a very social industry um, being that of music and uh, hospitality, and I think it just it it gives you a new perspective on how to approach conversations and people. Yeah, so no, I there think you go. it's um, yeah, I I would get behind that recommendation a lot. I think as you've kind of really touched on, it's it's less. It's originally the book was written as kind of a business guide, I guess, but it's very applicable to just any kind of life. Like you work in, you know, the fields of music and hospitality. That's not really something I go into at all, but it's just such a good, it's, uh, what's it? Um, Dale Carnegie, I think wrote it. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's a real great, uh, just kind of insight into not how you should act, but the kind of the, the ways that might benefit your trajectory in life yeah if you if you're looking for any kind of promotion or if you're doing job interviews it would help out massively to just have these just a little little extra couple of tricks in your toolkit so yeah. uh, advice this week uh be a dweeb pick up a book that's yeah, real good uh well thank you tom for recommending such a, a slick little read and uh and that brings us to the end of this episode so We're i'm done. not going to apologize about the whole language thing again but i think the sentiment stands just look out for other people I, not everything exists in a vacuum i will throw out an apology uh i didn't use the word dickhead nearly enough 
in this episode. Right, okay. um, next week, I'll rectify that. Right. So in terms of Kieran and Tom's book club, uh, read How to Win Friends and Influence People, watch The Boys, and wear a mask. And that is all I have to say for this little <laughs> you installation. did the advice at the end. It was great. I did. You're I'm welcome. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Bye.